recording. All right, um, I'm Alex, and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah, Alex. Um, wow, uh, Bailey called me, um, I guess, an hour and a half ago, and he's like, oh, someone bailed. Can you tell your story at eight? And I, I, and I didn't even think. I just said, yes, let's. I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? Because that's one thing that I learned in this program is if somebody asks me to be of service, I just show up. You know, I suit up, I show up, and I was in my house, and I was, I was like, I have to pick a cute outfit, and I'm spending, I'm spending like 20 minutes picking out an outfit, and I'm like, no, I have to meditate, and I probably meditated for half the amount of time that I picked an outfit. You know what I mean? Uh, which, which that's, that's all right, that's all right. You know, as long as, and for me, when, when I tell my story. You know, or when I do that H&I or I talk to a sponsor or that alcoholic who's suffering, I just, I try to leave my bullshit at the door. You know what I mean? Um, and I, I try to share from the heart. And sometimes from the heart just sounds like, man, I'm so discouraged right now. But this is, I'm just going to keep doing it anyways. You know what I mean? Because I never, I never want to feel the way that I felt when I got sober March 13th. Uh, 2018 I never want to feel that way ever again um, I was just so lost and and I just I I got sober I didn't do um, and I'll, I'll start from the beginning in a second but this is when I got sober I didn't I didn't do rehab I didn't do IOP or sober living I just went to jail for three months, you know what I mean. That was that was my experience. That was exactly what I needed, and I remember just thinking, you know, I was there. I dried out, and they thought I was dead. The inmates and the, the other fellow women in there. I I woke up this one day. It was an afternoon, and I woke up to this woman shaking me. And I wake up and I go, Ugh. and she goes, okay, good, good, good. And she, and she kind of fucks off, you know, she goes, you know, she walks away. And then I'm playing cards with them the next day and they're like, yeah, we thought you were dead. And that's, that's what it was like. You know what I mean? I was literally a dead body, you know what I mean? And, um, but, but I'm going to kind of start from the beginning. I don't, I don't like to talk too much about my childhood. It was, you know, it was, it was all right. I think for me, it's. There were a lot of good moments and there were a lot of bad moments, you know what I mean? Um, I don't think my childhood made me really an alcoholic. I think it definitely made me drink more, um, but I don't think it necessarily made me an alcoholic. I think I was just I was just destined to be an alcoholic. And, and I know this sounds absolutely crazy, and I'm huge for me. I'm huge into the higher power um, part of this program, and I believe my higher power just kind of said, you're going to be an alcoholic. And, you know, shit's going to get really bad. You're going to get sober and then you're going to have you're going to have something to offer other people. Right. Because it, it talks about in, in one of our promises and uh, the nine step promises in the book, it says no matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. And that for me is probably one of my favorite promises today. And I did go down. I did go pretty pretty far down the scale um and i it, i progressed really quickly i remember i had my first drink it was around christmas time i had my first drink and i oh i had my first drink i had my first like six drinks you know what i mean but for me like 
I didn't know. I was so young. I was around 12. And and I didn't know the proportions of drinks. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, yeah, I see some of you nodding your heads. But I would put, like, maybe the equivalent to, like, three shots <laughs> into, into a red Solo cup and then put, like, a splash of soda. You know what I mean? So, so I'd have three or four of those, and I'm, you know, I'm 90 pounds. I'm 12 years old, and man, I'm bound, I'm bound to, to get lit. You know what I mean? And and so and so I have those drinks, and I remember, I remember thinking I am going to do this every or just as much as I can for the rest of my life until I die. You know, and drugs, drugs came into. Um, I've probably, like it. I've done a lot of drugs too, but I, I want to stick more to alcoholism, um, but because uh, it, it is an AA meeting. But for sure, I remember just thinking that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna die in my sleep when I'm 85, and like do drugs and drink every day, and I'm gonna die of natural causes. You know what I mean? I I had that. I totally had that delusion in my mind, and of course, it became in in the next. Like for me, it took me about two years of drinking until I really started getting consequences. Um, I didn't, I didn't know, I never knew my limits. People are like, know your limits. I never, I just couldn't figure that out. Like once I put that drink into my body, I don't know what's gonna happen, right? The book talks about this phenomenon of craving that develops. Once I pick up that drink, like 95% of the time, I'm gonna black out. You know what I mean? Sometimes I would turn to other drugs to help curb my drinking because I've definitely had times where I just, I've had, you know, the shakes, I've had DTs, I've been to the hospitals, I've gotten DWIs, and um, and so I just thought, oh, I'm going to do this drug, it keeps me out of trouble, and I just couldn't, I couldn't stay sober. And don't get me wrong, I've had periods of sobriety, I went, my first meeting, I was, I was 15 years old, I went to my first meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, and, and I remember, I, I didn't really, it was at a church, and, um, it was on campus here, it was, God, 2011, and I didn't really know where it was, but I saw a bunch of people chain smoking. And I think that's where you can kind of tell where meetings are. Is like a bunch of people are chain smoking outside. So you're like, okay, there's the meeting, right? So, so this woman walks up to me and she goes, have you been here before? And I said, no. And so she started introducing me to other people. And that's kind of where I, where I discovered the kindness of people in AA and that there are a group of people that care for my welfare. And I remember my first meeting, I don't remember a fucking word anyone said. I just, I remember someone picked up a nine-month chip, and I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Uh, that blew my mind. I think I think I told my dad that, and I was like, someone picked up a nine-month chip, a 30-day chip, all that. You know, it just amazed me that people, that people could get sober, and they wanted to be sober. And I did... I somehow, when I was 16 years old, I, I got willing, and I had an epiphany, and I, I got sober, I started doing some work, and I did stay sober for three years, but a little down the line, I just, I just kind of stopped caring, I stopped seeing how important this program was, and um, I just quit doing the work, and, and I had, I got sober at 16, so I'm like, I never lost 
you know, I never lost these things. I never lost a husband. I never lost a job. I never, you know, for me, it was just like getting in trouble um, in school and, um, and overdosing. That was kind of my thing. So like pretty much almost dying. And, uh, and so I just, I remember thinking just one day that I was going to have, I was going to have two glasses of red wine and smoke a joint. Right. And that, that was my relapse. And, and for me, my, uh, my glasses of wine are like goblets, you know, I have these like large goblets. And so I drank, I drank a whole bottle of wine and I, I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning, went to my nine to five job. Everything was fine. And then it just progressed to the point where like, I'm, you know, I'm smoking crack, you know what I mean? And, uh, and like, like very, and I never smoked crack before. It's like, I run out of the Coke and I'm like, no one's answering. And I'm like, all right, let me, let me go find some. And maybe you guys can relate, but, uh, and so I kind of did that for a little bit and then my drinking got out of control where the point was, I remember I was partying with a really good friend of mine and I went to take him to work the next morning and I remember I was getting a little shaky. And so I take him to work and as soon as I drop him off in the parking lot, I start to get the shakes like violently, I get DTs and I somehow grab my phone to call someone and I say, bring me vodka now. And they did. And, and I remember just throwing up, dry heaving, trying to get that in me. And then I put, I put that booze in me, that certain amount. And I just felt sober, you know? And so at this point I was drinking to become sober, right? That that's really to be okay. And, um, and so I actually, and I remember I just at this point I, I didn't want to I didn't want to get sober right and I, I didn't want to continue drinking because I was miserable and so I decided to kind of I just want I just took a bunch of pills one day and drank and one of my friends was like we're going to Bolden I said no and he forced me into the car took me to Bolden and I'm drinking and I'm on a lot of pills I'm sitting in that corner right there and uh and I remember they, they said, is anyone here under 30 days sober? And I used it as an opportunity to share. And I say, yeah, I'm, I'm, my name at this point, I changed my name in sobriety this time around, but my name was Sophia. And uh, I changed my name when I had the spiritual awakening because I'm very eccentric. Maybe you guys have caught on. But, uh, but I just, I, I said, I'm Sophia. I'm an alcoholic. I, I, I'm I want to die. I'm drunk and high right now. And this woman comes up to me and she goes, who's sober to this day. And, uh, and this guy too, that are sober to this day. They, this was four years ago. And they said, honey, do you need to go to the hospital? And I said, no. And then I woke up, hi, I woke up in the hospital and, uh, and then there goes another trip to detox. And, um, which, like you guys remember like the detox shenanigans the other day? I was kind of like on. To, I I was never really serious, man. I was never serious when I went to treatment. And then I wanted. I decided to do that. The geographic relocation. And so I decided to move to LA, and that's where I was gonna get sober. And and I stayed sober a little bit. I got a hard ass sponsor. I didn't really like her, but I just kind of did what she said. And then a little down the line, I just got. I just wanted to drink again. I, I quit before the miracle happened. I decided to... Has anyone tried the marijuana maintenance? 
Oh my, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, there's some hands up. I tried the marijuana maintenance. I got my med card. And you get, like, it's super sketchy. And getting it in L.A., you just, like, webcam a doctor. And they're like, all right, we'll prescribe. Like, what's your address? We'll prescribe, you know, whatever. Give you a prescription in the mail. So I had, it was, like, a certificate. And so and so I started doing that. And, and the marijuana maintenance maybe lasted a week. And then I was drinking again and, and doing other other drugs. And, um, but I tried to control. I had this nine-month period where I tried to control, where I wasn't drinking every day. And this was how I, I'm like, I'm only drinking five days a week, right? And, uh, which is a lot apparently, but for me, I don't know, it's still to this day, I'm like, that's not a lot. And, um, and, and I didn't get the shakes until nine months, and, and I was absolutely miserable the whole entire time. And, and for me, like, I was the most miserable trying to control than just being totally fucked up, out of control. You know what I mean? And uh, and so I decided to move back to Austin and then move in with my mom and up in Georgetown. And I'm like, I'm going to go on another trip because I like going on trips because that's, you know, it's like not taking a trip, taking a trip, whatever. And uh, like it says in the big book, right? This is, this is how, this is how I am control and uh, so I took this trip to Thailand and I was sober though because I got arrested I had a DWI so I was like I'm gonna get sober but I didn't do the whole AA thing I so I guess I didn't really relapse because I wasn't really sober I was just not drinking and doing drugs and uh, and I remember I and this is my delusion man because I have this absolute delusion for me that was step one was coming into terms with this delusion but but I decided these people uh, asked me in the hostel if I wanted to go drink with them. So we found this rinky dinky bar and I remember thinking I'm only gonna have five drinks, which apparently that's a lot um, <laughs> for a girl who's like 120 pounds. But uh, I had those five drinks and I woke up the next morning. Like I came to, I don't really wake up in the morning when I'm drinking or using, I kind of come to. Don't know how I got to my hostel and um, but it was kind of nothing new, you know what I mean? Uh, I was kind of one of those drinkers. Would you ever have those friends that are like, you did, th-. like in a blackout, they explain what you did and they tell you a story about yourself and they're like, you did this, you did, and it's like, no, 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 I don't want to hear those things. You know, I don't, I really don't. I'm not curious at all. And so, and so I just, um, I, I came back with a worsened meth addiction Cause I, you know what I mean, and uh, and then I kind of got a little shit got real, real, real bad. I started. I I got a new delivery system for sure um, for my drugs, and um, but I wasn't drinking that much, so that's why I was like, I'm good. Like I was maybe having a handle like a week, which is not a lot for me, and um, but but yeah, it got really, it got really out of control I um because for me it's like when I pick up that drink or that drug I don't know where I'm gonna end up you know what I mean um I really I really like best case scenario I pass out at home you know what I mean but uh but I end up I put myself in really really shitty sketchy situations and uh, around kind of sketchy people 
but I, I'm a sketchy person, so whatever. You know what I mean? I don't know. I'm like, oh, I was around awful people. I was an awful person, you know? Like, surrounding myself around awful people. Like, people say that. They're like, I'm surrounding myself, you know, with losers. And it's like, you're a fucking loser. You know what I mean? Like, for me, that was my, that was my truth. Like, I was, you know what I mean? Uh, I wasn't better than anybody. And, um, but, and then, okay, this part I have a heart. It. I get really fuzzy with details, and so I'm just going to kind of spare you details, but I ended up, uh, like, I, I lost some jobs, and um, or I lost a job, or they suspended me for using, and I remember, um, and this was a step one experience, and um, they, they were, they kind of pulled me aside, I was working at this juice bar, and uh, one of the regional managers pulls me aside and says, are you using drugs? And I go, no. And she goes, no, really. I say, I smoke a little weed sometimes. Is that not okay? And she just looks at me and I'm like, I can't stop doing drugs. And I just start crying. And they're like, we want you to get the help you need. So we want you to go to treatment. And so, but I kind of had this, like, this holiday where I was just, you know, I'm like, I have all this money in the bank that I've saved up or um, so I'm just going to spend it all before. I, did, did anyone ever do that before they went to treatment? They just wanted to, like, have, like, this last kind of hoorah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and so I definitely, I did that. And I remember I, uh, I stopped at the trap house on the way to treatment. <laughs> and they're like, aren't you going to detox? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm on the way. And they're just like, what? <laughs> and, uh, and, and so I went there. And I never saw them again either. But, uh, but I went to treatment. I went to Houston. I did. It was that nice, that, um, that nice treatment. It was a nonprofit, but it was, um, it was pretty, like, our, luckily I have insurance, so, so insurance covered most of it. But, uh, but I did that. I learned a lot, but for me, it wasn't really so much. I just can't learn a lot, man. Uh, and that doesn't make sense that the way I said that. But for me, it's not, it's, it's like, well, it's like, the, it talks about the self-knowledge in the big book. You know what I mean? Like, self-knowledge doesn't avail me anything. I can, you know, I have to really get spiritually ready for this thing. And, and I didn't stay sober. I had, I had, uh, my grandpa drank himself to death. One of my really good friends in treatment died on the same day. And then, the okay, the kicker was the guy I was dating broke up with me because I was dry drunk, you know what I mean? And that was the kicker. And, uh, and this is crazy. He's, a uh, he was 10 years sober, but he relapsed recently. But he told me to go drink, right? And I was like, fuck you, I'm going to go drink. So I go, I go to, uh, I go to, to Randall's. Randall's is a huge thing in Houston. And, uh, and I go to the wine aisle and I'm like looking bottom shelf, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then I kind of go back and then I, and I'm like leaving and I'm like, no, it's God's will for me to drink. This is how delusional I am. And to this day, I, I kind of do believe I needed that relapse. And, um, so I pick up that drink and then I get bored and I'm like, I go back to what I know. So I decided to go shoot some dope and uh, had the worst five days of my life. I, it was a five-day run, and the only reason it was five days was because on the fifth day I got arrested. And I remember, I uh, would you guys ever teleport? Like when you're drinking and using? Like Yeah, yeah, I see a couple people. Yeah, I was, I was in Houston, and I smoked a wet cigarette, uh, PCP, and I don't like PCP, but... 
Like, this is what I learned. I do drugs I don't even fucking like. Yeah. Right? Because it'll fuck me up. Because I don't... Here's the secret. I don't like the way that I feel. Or I didn't like the way that I feel, right? So I'm like, maybe it'll be different this time. Or maybe it'll get me out of myself. And I, I took that hint. And then, war story. The turn to a spaceship. The car turned into a spaceship. And then I somehow ended up in a 50 miles east of Dallas. And this is Houston. So it's like four hours... Um, I didn't drive. I think the dude I was with drove. But, uh, and then I ended up, I crashed my car and I made a scene at a motel and I'm, and I'm lit. I'm on other substances. And, uh, and the guy calls the cops on me. And, and I remember the cops showed up and I was like, all right, be cool. Be cool. You're going to get out of this. Right. Uh, which I have no idea why I thought that. But I did the sobriety test and I couldn't even walk. <laughs> and uh, and I kept, I was like, it's cold, it's cold. And they're like, we can go inside. And they were really nice to me. You know, the cops were really nice to me. And uh, and so and so I remember. Okay, and I'm pretty smart. I'm I'm like fairly educated. Um, I think I'm pretty smart. Um, I'm not a genius, but I think I'm pretty smart. But but they, but they told me, put your hands behind your back. And I remember, and I shit you know, I remember thinking, is this part of the test? And, uh, and so, they, so they, uh, they handcuffed me, and they load me into the cop car. And I remember thinking, good, I can be sober now. Right? And I worked my first step in that cop car. And I remember, I was like, I'm going to be sober. This is going to be great. I, I'm safe right that's my first step when i'm relieved that i got arrested and so and so we get to jail and immediately i was like all right what do i do what do I, i'm detoxing i'm like in the i'm in the tank uh just the booking tank and i'm just like on the ground and it's all gross and and like oh it just i felt like shit and this time it it, it was a quick detox and and i also remember whenever <laughs> They wanted to draw blood, and which was fucked up because I couldn't consent to that shit. But they drew blood, and I remember them saying, like, the cop looked at my arm and said, oh, she has track marks. And and he was sad for me, right? And, like, I can deal with the cop being mad at me. Like, I've definitely had cops mad at me. I've angered cops. I can deal with that, but I can't deal with the cop feeling sorry for me. And so I'm there, and I remember I, I get out of this detox, right? And I and I remember thinking, okay, okay. And by the way, this I got sober um, three days after my 22nd birthday, so I'm almost 24. And I remember thinking, okay, so in a year from now, you're either going to be dead or in prison. And then I had this voice that came, and it said, or you could be a year sober. And it wasn't me. That voice wasn't me. But I remember thinking, okay, I trust you. And so would you guys ever um, ask the wrong people for help? Like in your addiction? Um, I would I would definitely... I asked other inmates. I'm like, what do I do? I can't stay sober. And they're like not sober, guys. There's a lot of drugs in jail. People, people don't think that. And... Um, and so, but I asked, I asked someone, I really became vulnerable and started crying. 
And and this woman gave me the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I remember looking at it and just thinking, I'm going to give this one last shot, right? So I sat in the corner, and I just started reading it from the very first piece of paper. And let me, um, so, so I have to tell, okay, so I had a sponsor in L.A., that hard-ass sponsor I didn't really like, and she, she told me, she wanted to read the big book from the very beginning, right? And she said, flip to the first page. And I flipped to the doctor's opinion or Bill's story, and she goes, no, the first piece of paper. And what's the first piece of paper? It's this. And she goes, what is that? And I go, nothing. And she goes, that is what you know. <laughs> so I had to admit that, like, I didn't know shit about how to stay sober at all. So I just read it from that blank piece of paper. I read, like, I read the table of contents, uh, which is pretty boring. I read, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I love the big book, but for real. And then, like, the preface, the forewords, I just got into it. And then I get, I get to this part in the doctor's opinion, and it says, and unless the alcoholic can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And I remember thinking, that is what I need. That is the whole point of this, is to have that psychic change so I can recover. But how do I do that? So I continued to read the rest of the book, and then it talks about, and we ignore, and for me, I had step one down. I'm like, I'm done. Like, not I'm done. But there was absolutely, I knew there was, I could never do this ever again successfully. And I didn't want to. And so step one was down. If I had a doctor that sat me down and said, Alex, you have a 1% chance of being able to drink a new successfully, I would have been like, cool, there's a chance. You know, but for me, there was no chance. And then it step two it, it talks about it, we agnostics. And it's a cool chapter for sure. Um, it's, it's a great read if you're agnostic. Um, but, but I, be I believed in something, you know, and that something was whatever's listening. That, that was my higher power's name, whatever's listening. And it talks about, and we agnostics, it says, lack of power, that is our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves, obviously. It's its own sentence, obviously. But where and how are we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. So I'm like, all right, okay, let's do this. And then I get, I, I start reading how it works, and it, it talks about my mind, right? How I'm driven by all this, this selfishness and self-centeredness, and I'm, ha I'm the actor, and I want everything to go my way. And in order to recover, I have to, I just let God have all of that. You know, my higher power. I, I did that third step prayer, and, and the book, it, it has the third step prayer, but then under it, it says, the wording was, of course, quite optional, as long as we expressed the idea of voicing it without reservation. So when I took that third step prayer, nine days sober in that jail cell, I just said, God, I'm, or I just said, whatever's listening. I'm willing to go to any lengths. I just never want to feel this way ever again. Not I never want to be here ever again. I never want to feel this way ever again. And and if you guys know the, the seven-step prayer, it says, My creator, I'm now willing. You should have all of me, the good and the bad. I prayed to my higher power, and I said, take the bad. Because I didn't believe there was any good. 
But like take the bad and the good if there's some. And then I don't remember what I did the rest of the day, but I remember when I woke up, I started reading the big book and I was like, holy fuck, I, I'm different. I felt this, this power's presence. I felt God enter my heart and I can pinpoint the exact second I had that psychic change as a result of working the steps, just turning my will over. And, and it talks about to, um, I, I read the book law in jail. That's how I can quote it. Like, honestly, I wish I could be like, I read it so much now, but I just read it a lot in jail. So I, so I quote it a lot, but it, it talks about, and I forgot what chapter, but it talks about like the psychic change is real emotional displacements and rearrangements, right? Motives that once dominated these men are cast to one side and a new set of motives begin to dominate them, right? And I, and I just had this feeling where I didn't really care about myself that much anymore. And, and I couldn't tell you why, and I just think it was just surrendering, and, and God just, some maybe it's weird, maybe I just brainwashed myself. You know, maybe this whole thing is just brainwashing ourselves, but, but I, I definitely think I, there is a higher power out there that I believe in, and, and it was divine intervention. But I remember, like for me, it was the little things. I remember I, I littered, and I was like, no, Alex, don't litter. That is dishonest and inconsiderate. And, uh, and I picked it up and threw it in the trash. You know what I mean? That was, and that was me. And then I, I fucking would hear, you know, women cry, and I kind of pray for them or just be like, hey, if you need, if you need anything, just let me know. And, um, and I, I got out in three months. Actually, I was in a, I was in SEG for a month in solitary. And that's where I felt the absolute closest to my higher power than I've ever felt this 21 months sober. Um, I had I had my own little schedule and I wasn't doing anything. So it's for me, I was just chopping it up with my higher power all day and um, and reading the big book or whatever novels, I, spiritual texts I was reading. And I got out in three months and I, I got a sponsor. And I remember the sponsor told me, are you are you doing this? Are you doing this? Are you going to be sober for good and for all? And I said, yes. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and we, we got into some work. I, uh, I looked at some things I didn't want to look at. I did that fourth step and man, my fourth step was an absolute shit show. You know, it really, it really was the whole time. I'm going over it and I'm crying and I'm saying, I don't know what to do. And, uh, and we did that fifth step, and me and I, uh, I went to go hug her goodbye, and we were at the Galano Club. Have you guys been in the Galano Club? It has like this little seating room for uh, for women outside the women's restroom. So we were sitting there and going over it, and I gave her a hug, and then all of a sudden I fell back on the couch, and I felt like I took a hit of crack, guys. Like it was absolutely just insane. I had this feeling of euphoria that something, all of these have been lifted, and I went out and did my amends. And, um, and I just, it talks about in the big book that we've had a series of deep and, and effective spiritual experiences have, which have revolutionized our whole attitude towards life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. And um, I definitely feel that. Um, I got into service around five months sober. I got into H&I service. And um, I haven't, I just do it. You know what I mean? I'm like, I just, I, that's just what I do. 
you know, I became the H&I rep of this group. And um, that was, that's kept me sober. And I definitely, I think, you know, I think it's just so important to give back to to this thing and uh, and help the alcoholic who still suffers because it's it's the 12th step and I love the steps I love how they're written but I just disagree with how the the um 12 step is written I don't think it said we tried to carry this message to alcoholics I just think it should say we carry this message to alcoholics and um yeah right right scribble it out scribble it out um and it's and it's been really cool. I've sponsored a lot of women and men, and um, it's been I sponsor gay men. I, I haven't sponsored a straight man, but uh, I just don't want. Well, but um, but but it's been it's been really really cool. I remember uh, me and Kyle were hanging out uh, months ago, and remember whenever I was we I was all manic and you were all angry, and I was like let's go fucking help some people, and then a sponsee called this girl that I just I just gave her my number. And she called me, and I should have told her I was here, but she called me, and it was the first time she was calling me, and uh, and that girl's like eight months sober today. And it has nothing to do with me, nothing to do with me. It's all it's all her and her higher power, but uh, it's been it's been a really it's been cool to be a part of other people's journeys, and and you never know, like you'll share. You know, or I'll, I'll say me. Like sometimes I'll share something. I won't. Sometimes I won't be feeling it. Sometimes I'll go to an H and I and I'm not feeling it, and I share something, and someone's like, "Yes, I remember. I was at an H and I. I must have been around six months sober, and this was. Or I won't. I won't share treatment centers, but, but this kid, he, he was he was twacked out of his mind. He was like coming off some clear. Or he was on one, and uh, and he was like jumping on and off the couch. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, but are you happy though? And I go, yes, I'm so happy. And he goes, yes, yes, that's exactly what I need to hear. And who knows, like, maybe I planted a seed. And, uh, and it's just been cool. And, and I'm going to go on this journey. I, I, I like to travel and I'm going on this journey. And I don't really know how long I'm going to be gone. I know, all I know is I bought a one-way plane ticket to Peru, to Lima. That's that's all I know. That's I don't really have any plans. I'm just gonna see where where the wind blows me. And um, <laughs> what? Stop making fun. Of, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's just man. This this has been an absolute trip, and it's just been so weird. Like trying to contribute and see what I can do for the man. Or I mean, man or woman who is who is still sick. And man, honestly, I will be the first person to tell you I fall short every single day. Every day I fall short in, in one way. I haven't had a perfect day. But I know that I just keep striving and I and I and another thing too is I I try to be kind to myself. You know, it talks about doing <laughs> nightlies and morbid not to drift into morbid reflection and sometimes I do that but but I am I'm a human I'm flawed and um and it's just really cool just to be a part of this thing and um just be a part of AA I I go to meetings regularly I try to do as much inventory as I can I tend step I I like to tell on myself and uh I just like to say 
like, hey, I'm about to do this, or I'm feeling this, and then people tell me how fucking stupid I am. You know what I mean? Um, or how stupid I'm being. And um, and it's just really cool. I've, I've felt a lot of calm. I uh, felt a lot of calm. I, uh, I think I'm going to end a little... Or I think I'm gonna end early if anyone wants to ask questions. But I just I just wanted to share real quick. Like I uh, I I was I told you guys I was in Seg for a month, and I would write a lot of lists. I'd write lists of places I wanted to travel, uh, things that I needed to do when I got out. Um, but I wrote a list of of things that I wanted out of this new life. And um, like things I kind of wanted out of sobriety. I forgot the name of the list. But I was moving, and this was at about a year sober. This was nine months ago. I was moving into a new place, and I found these notebooks. So I started going through them just out of sheer curiosity. And um, I found that list, and I sold myself so fucking short, guys. And uh, I don't know. But uh, does anyone have any questions? Or, well, or, yeah, or it's time? Have, so I'm going to turn the recording off. Let's give her a hand. Yes.